the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for his great church. Many are called, but few are chosen. Let us pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. We praise you. Our Lord, a great mercy and grace full of love and compassion towards us as your children, willing that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance and receive eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for being the good shepherd and the keeper and the bishop of our souls. For you know those that are thine, that are called, and those that are chosen of the Father. And it has been written for our learning that you, your sheep, know your voice, and a stranger's voice they shall not follow. Wherein you have said, sweet Holy Spirit, many are called, but few are chosen. It is also written that when we hear your voice, Lord God, that we are not to harden our hearts, as in the day of provocation, as in the day of judgment. Father, we pray that the spiritual ears of every listener be open to hear what the Spirit is saying to the sheep. And we ask that their eyes, the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that their hearts be encouraged, your minds be empowered, and their hands and bodies be equipped to be, to do, and to accomplish every good work and purpose that you have ordained and predestined for their lives that was, their lives that is, and their lives that is to come. That their names be written in the Lamb Book of Life and that they would inherit eternal life, joy, peace, and heaven now and forevermore. As it is written, so let it be done. And the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Joyous, beautiful Sunday afternoon, family. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Our message today is the tale of two queens, the one called, the one chosen. The tale of two queens, the one called versus the one chosen. I'm going to be reading a little bit from the uh, book of Esther, chapter 1 and chapter 4, but I'm only going to be pulling a few verses so you guys can go back and read for time constraints. We want to move through as, as, as quick as we can. In those days... When the king sat upon the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace, he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom in honor of his excellent majesty many days. The king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan, the palace, unto great and small seven days. And Queen Vesta, the queen, made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to the king. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded that his chamberlains bring Queen Vesta, the queen, 
before him with the crown royal to show the people and the prince her beauty, for she was fair to look upon. But the queen, Vestina, refused to come at the king's commandment. She refused to come at the king's commandment, and the king became very angry and was wroth within. Chapter 4. And Mordecai commanded that Esther think not of herself to escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise for the Jews from another place. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And Esther replied to Mordecai's answer, Go and gather together all the Jews of the present at the present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days or night. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Father, how we thank you for the reading of your, of your word and that you may add a revelation knowledge and, and blessing to the hearers of your word, that your word return not to you void. And this, this message is really kind of close to heart because there's a lot of things that you could see in, within the book of Esther as far as contrast goes between the, the, the two queens as well as some other characters that are in the book. And the book of Esther is very interesting in the regard of, of the contrast between the, the two queens because they were both, both queens, but in very different ways. Contrasting meaning strikingly different, the state of being strikingly different. But I want to shed a little light on how the providential hand of God that was working in the background of this particular book for such a time as this. And I want when you hear a call, I want you guys not to think of it so much as a phone call, but an invitation. You understand there are other stories in the Bible where the king uh, made uh, arrangements for a big wedding and, and called a lot of people, and they all had excuses and didn't come. So think of it as an invitation. You understand? And my point is the contrast between the two kings, Queen Vesai and Queen Esther, the text says that they were both beautiful to look upon. Queen Vesta, beautiful, older, confident, and full of insurance of her position. Queen Esther, beautiful, young virgin, humble, and favored of all who looked upon her and full of assurance of her purpose. Now, that was a vast difference in the place and where they placed their faith and, the, and, and, and where you have to place your confidence. To me, what I got out of this particular thing is with Queen Vesta, in her insurance, she knew that she was queen, so she didn't necessarily feel at the time that she was commanded to come that she had to come. She was busy holding feasts and celebration, you know, uh, with the ladies of that time. And, and in, in the assurance, it would be with your purpose. Like with Queen Esther, she wasn't necessarily gunning to be called, but since she was placed in this situation for such a time as this, she was chosen. She, her, Mordecai basically let her know, if you don't do it, God will send help another way. And oftentimes we'll find ourselves in situations like this. But my point is, I want us to be sure to know how to make the difference. They were both 
point two, they both prepared a banquet feast. Queen Vesta prepared a banquet for all the women in the royal house at the time of prosperity and celebration, having a good time, not knowing that she was about to be dethroned and her life and lifestyle of all the women in that region was about to change forever. So we have to be careful, and that is not to think more highly of ourselves and not to get too comfortable in our positions, you understand? Now, Queen Esther also prepared a banquet for the king and for the enemy of her people at a time of despair and destruction and a time of unrest and unsurety and unrestrained turmoil, not knowing that her life as well and lifestyle and the life of the people would be changed forever. So when you are mindful to esteem others, because she was really reluctant about going into the king's palace, she had not yet been called in about 30 days, the script said. And you guys can go back and read this, to read these chapters for yourself to really catch up on what on the points that I'm trying to make here. You understand? She had not been called before the king in a little while, so she had some reluctancy about going not being called. That's what, that was the dialogue, the dialogue between her and Mordecai. You understand? Now, Queen Vesta just blatantly rebelled. It wasn't reluctance. I'm not coming. <laughs> you understand? I got things to do. You know, my girls over here, you know, the women's auxiliary, you know, we, we got things to do. We planning. We got to look at these outfits. We got things we got to do. I don't have time to play with the king right now. You understand? So that was, that was a difference between rebellion and reluctancy. So keep that in mind. You know, but nevertheless, some would argue and, and say, well, hey, the king was drunk, showing off. And this may be true, but nevertheless, the command was when the king summons for you, it will behoove you to come and to come quickly. To come and to come quickly. Queen Vesna refused, stiffened her neck, blatantly disregard, dishonored, and disrespect to adhere to the king's command. And because of her one act of rebellion, it negatively changed the life, her life, and the lives of those in her influence, their lives and their lifestyle, because this just didn't affect her. This affected all the women of that region, because now, as you read that, that chapter, other men begin to say, well, the queen can do this with the king. What will our wives do with us? You understand? So they had to get something to get that under control. But nevertheless, God is the king of kings and who we refer to. He's a, these other kings are in representation, but we know we serve a living king, hallelujah, who is yet still inviting and calling us to him, you understand, to himself for such a time as this to do work, to minister, to, to uh, advance the kingdom. And yet many of times we will ignore the call or put it off or, or just have some reluctancy about coming to the call because we don't always know in the, in the choosing of it, but you got to first answer the invitation before you're going to be placed into the place of, of choice where God has chosen for you to go about. He said many are called, but few are chosen. And if, you, if you're going to rebel and not answer the calling that God is calling you in the place of life where you are today, how can he choose you and entrust you to more? We have to yield ourselves, even though we don't understand why he's calling us. Lord, why are you telling me to do this? Why are you sending me over there? Why you got me doing this radio ministry? Lord, what is this all about? When it don't seem like anybody's care, I don't always get any feedback necessarily. But, Lord, what is it all about? He said, just keep answering the call. 
and I'm going to set you in that place of choosing of my own good pleasure. And that's what we have to understand. We are the children of God. He's the potter. We're the clay. You know, there's a script that said there are many vessels in the king's palace, some a wood, some a clay, but they are all for his good pleasure. The king was having pleasure here. He had company at the palace. He, he, he doing some things. Yes, he might have been a little intoxicated, but it's the order of respect and honor. And we ought to be ever mindful to give this God that we have, that we know is a true and living God, respect and honor, even when we don't understand, even when we're not sure, you know. But nevertheless, we have to just repent and come back. But now the, the next point, Queen Esther prayed, and I like this part, what she did. After she dialogued with Mordecai, she said, well, listen, I'm going to pray, and I need you and the people to pray and fast for me. You understand? Some things, you know, the Bible say come by way of prayer and fasting over there in chapter 4, verse 16. And she commanded that all the Jews who were her servants to pray and fast for her, you heard me? And with Holy Ghost boldness, Queen Esther determined within herself that she was going to be, she was going to go ahead and go before the king. Hallelujah. She determined within her sweet little self that, okay, to save my people, to do what Mordecai has instructed me to do, because the text says that she had, she would always obey Mordecai, even like when she was a little girl, when he raised her as his own daughter. Hallelujah. So she obeyed him. But she needed them to intercede for her now. Because sometimes the person that's in position have to go in for the people, but that person going into position also need people to pray for them, fast for them, that God would give them the boldness that they need to go stand before people, deal with the creditors, deal with the, with the adversary, deal with the lenders, deal with those who are coming against you and your household, your family, your friends, your people, your desires, your dreams. You got to stand before him, even when you have not yet been called. Hallelujah. You got to go trusting that God will be with me. And she said, if I perish, I perish. In other words, if I die, I die. That's strong conviction. What will you die for today, family? Who will you intercede for? Who will you pray and fast for? What is your willingness or your conviction like, sweet little else, to go before the king of kings and say, Father, if I perish, I perish. You understand? We serve a great God, Jesus, who laid his life down, not so much just for us. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But Jesus was willing to come. Hallelujah. He was willing to come. He volunteered. And we have to be of that same mindset. When the king of kings has chosen you, have, and as the Bible said, for many are called and few are chosen, when he offered the invitation to you to come and abide in the things that he's given you to do, dreams and, and that may not necessarily, you don't think that there's nothing in it for you, but you can best believe God always have a ram in the bush. He ain't lacking for no good thing. I want to encourage you all to answer the calling of God on your life. That simply means, beloved, hallelujah, you have been chosen of God to fulfill his will for your life and for the others, making disciples, advancing the kingdom that no one is left behind when the king of kings return for his great church. There are many messages and contrasts of characters in the book of Esther, which, which has been written for our learning. All scripture was breathed, scribed a man, breathed by God, written for our learning. 
we had to begin to see ourselves in these various circumstances. These, these were people the same as we are today, facing many luxuries. Some of them was living in a palace, partying, having a good time. And some was having challenges, scared for their lives and their lifestyle and decision, you know, making godly decisions. It takes courage sometimes, courage to stand in the face of adversity sometimes. God called us out from the world and this world system and have chosen us to reign, to rule, and to take dominion over all the earth. One call, one chosen. And we have to be a little bit more serious and dogmatic about committing to the calling of God. And many are committed to that calling, but yet you still got to stay a little while longer and wait for that choosing. The choosing part is him setting you and making you ready since you didn't answer the call. Now he's making you ready for the purpose for such a time as this. That's why Mordecai had to remind us that it ain't because you so pretty and fine, you good looking and all that. I know that. You understand? Because he walked up and down the courts checking on her daily to see how she was doing in the palace. You understand? So it ain't all about what we look like, what we have. God knows what he has planned for your life, my life, your life, and our life as a whole, individually and collectively. And we have to tap into it and even begin to have a Holy Ghost boldness prayer life to say, Lord, what would you have of me to do? And if I perish, I perish. Hallelujah. Because even in, in, in the by and by, we know what the reward is. If you read over there in the book of Revelation, if you know anything about the New Testament, we know what heavens look like and, and how it's going to come, for, how it's going to end for us as his children. So we need to draw closer to that. We need to be more in tune. Spiritual ears open. This is why I pray this weekly that our spiritual ears open and our, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, illuminated begin to see ourselves. Her name was Esther in this book, but it could have been Minister Robbie. It could have been Mike. It could have been any other character's name. Don't get caught up on the name. Put your name in that slot and look around you and say, Lord, what will you have of me to do? Hallelujah. He sent people along to encourage you. He sent people along to pray with you, but she knew not to go in there naked. She went in there with prayer and fasting before she stood before the king because if the king had not raised that golden scepter, he already done put one queen out. So Esther wouldn't have made no more difference because he had plenty of young virgins and concubines up in there. You understand? So don't thank you so all of that that you can't be removed or you are not disposable at the king's command. Hallelujah. Count it an honor and a joy when you hear the call of God. He's, inv he's inviting us to draw close to him that he may put us in a dynamic position to do the work. To, for what? To advance the kingdom. And we already discussed that he loads us daily with benefits. You heard me? We put more trust in these old jobs that shut down and people that turn their back and, and you know don't care nothing about you but the safe face you go along to get along. Wasting time. We got to shake the dust, babies. We got to forget those things that easily, in other words, those sins that easily besets us. And that sin we've already established is the sin of unbelief. Because she was trying to back out, but Mordecai let her know. <laughs> you don't know if you were sitting in the palace for such a time as this, beloved. You, was a, you in other words, you was a, replace it, a replacement queen. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mr. Mike laughing. You were a, a replacement queen. You weren't, the, you weren't necessarily the first straw. So be careful. And when he put it to her like that, she began to, to think within herself and say, well, hold up then. You know he right. <laughs> and I'm liking this lifestyle, this palace living. You heard me? 
<laughs> so she humbled herself. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we, ha- we ought to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he would exalt us in due season. You don't have to seek the fame and the glam and the clicking up and the right people and the rubbing and the elbow. You know, they was over there in the palace networking and having a good time. The women, they didn't know their whole life was going to be changed. Because when them, when them uh, counselors came back to the king, they began to tell him, hey, hold up, king. This ain't just, she done rebelled against you. All these women going to start acting like this here. We're going to need to do something about it. So it changed the dynamics, not only for Queen Vesta's life, but all the women of that region at that time. You heard so one act of rebellion in our life can affect a whole multitude of other people, not just our family and those that we are immediately influenced by. It can affect a whole nation of folk. And one act of obedience. We remember Adam, and then we remember Jesus. One act of obedience can change the lives of a whole nation, a whole region, a whole world of people. This ain't hard, y'all, and this ain't no act. Now, we can go to the book of Acts and get some stuff. <laughs> but this ain't no way. God is still that same God calling, inviting us, and choosing, positioning us for purpose, his purpose. All these big, fine, fabulous churches are shut down right now, beloved, with no indication as, as, as if they're going to ever reopen. But thank God it's not contingent on the addresses and the location but the Holy Spirit, God, that lives inside of us. If you are born, believe, uh, born again, believe. And if you are not, I want to encourage you to drive by, go by Romans 10 and 9 and read it for yourself. That if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus, Son of God, that he died, raise him up. You shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made and with the heart you believe. But you need to read that for yourself because it's been preached too many times to say that you haven't heard it. In America, we are without excuse, beloveds. We got to get this thing together. We got to draw near to him. He said, when we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. But when we reject him, he'll reject us. If we abide in his word, his word abide in us, we can ask him anything. I'm asking God that you will use me. Use me in disciple pathway ministry, a mobile outreach ministry, on the move for the advancing of the kingdom of God. Each one to teach one to reach one, that we all become one, that no one is left behind at the return of the king of kings for his great church. Dear Lord Jesus, our King and Provider, help us to answer the calling upon the lives that you have given us through the precious blood. For the Bible say our lives are not our own, for we have been bought with a price. Dear Father God, Jehovah, our Provider, help us to say yes to your will. Help us to say yes to your word. Sweet Holy Spirit, help our souls to say yes to the way today. Yes, tomorrow, and yes to eternal life and love forever and forever. Father, this whole world needs you. As it is written, so let it be done. In the mighty name of Jesus, family, please keep us in your prayers, Disciple Pathway Ministries. Let us know how we can serve. Contact us at Disciple Pathway Ministries. I'm Minister Robbie Lilly. Email me at Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E dot Lilly, 63 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Disciple Pathway Ministry. Connect with us on the podcast, One Voice, I Speak Life program. Please download and subscribe and share the message. You guys can listen on KKHT 100.7, the Word Christian Radio, every Sunday afternoon. And download the app at www.kkht. I am a public servant of the Lord. And I was called, and I've accepted the invitation. And I do believe that God is moving me into my destiny. 
and I don't want to go alone. I don't want to go alone. So I come weekly, my son, my family, weekly to encourage you guys to come along. To come along. The king is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. The king is coming. Good God Almighty. The king is coming. And he's closer today than when we first believe. Hallelujah. And it's time for us to take up our cross and follow him. Take up our beds and follow him. Answer the call, beloveds. Receive the choosing and the purpose and the position. He said, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope. We know all the scriptures. They all sound good, but we got to apply these things every day in our everyday living. And do not think more highly of ourselves than we are, but let us take on the matters of others. We love you guys. We're praying for you guys. We pray God's mighty hand to be up on you always. One voice. I speak life. Thanks for listening to Disciples Pathway Ministries with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Thanks for your prayers and for your gifts to his great work of God. For booking and requests for services, look up Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. That's Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook.